welcome back to Millennial Ag, where agriculture is always on, on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us today, your co-hosts, Valine Likely and Catherine Lotspeech. Hi, listeners. We are headed into, I think, the final week before elections, and we've done kind of a series the last couple weeks on the elections and the millennial perspective and the agriculture perspective and the representation. And I've noticed, I found myself um, kind of checking to in with my mental health and realizing that, you know, consuming all of this media and all of this stress has really taken a toll. And so we reached out to Jason Meadows to join us this week to talk about kind of mental health, especially going into um, elections, because I think that's something that's on the back burner for a lot of our listeners, a lot of the country right now. And we want to just kind of throw that reminder out to everybody and kind of dive into what that looks like now and forever. So before we dive too far in, uh, Jason Meadows is how I found him, or we found him, I guess, was through um, Ag State of Mind podcast and through social media. And he does a really good job of bringing some normal conversation to mental health. So I can't do that justice. So thank you, Jason, for joining us. And can you give us a little background on yourself and Ag State of Mind? Yeah, oh. sure. Well, first of all, thanks for, thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate you girls, uh, what you do. And um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm honored and humbled to be here with you girls tonight. But uh, yeah, my, my, my podcast is, is called Ag State of Mind. And what we do is we, we talk about, you know, it started out just talking about mental health and agriculture, but it's kind of evolved to talking more about just health in general, whether it's, uh, whether it's your mental health, your physical health, uh, your uh, financial health, you know, those, all these kind of things all kind of coming together and having a holistic approach to health. And uh, we, we are, we are seeing that it's a much needed topic of coverage right now with all that's going on. Um, you know, last year was bad enough. And then it, we would, we, we would never have would have thought that 2020 uh, would have outshined 2019 as far as a rough year but I mean we were we're just we were wishing for the problems of 2019 now and uh, yeah it's been a it's been a really incredible journey and been really neat to uh, get to know a lot of people and talk a lot about health and agriculture and making sure that people are healthy because it's um, you know it's on the it's on the front of everyone's brains right now absolutely and um, how, how did, or why did you start Ag State of Mind? Um, you gave us a little bit of the background, but what's your why behind it? Sure. So my why behind it is I come at it from three different perspectives. And the first perspective is I am a healthcare provider. I work as a pharmacist. Um, I have found myself becoming more involved and more interested um, in mental health and how we treat it, especially in my rural area where we serve, where I serve. Um, then second, the second perspective is as an ag producer, um, we run a cow-calf operation. It's been in my family for three generations and we, it's something my dad, you know, my dad ran the local sale barn. He had at one time a thousand mom and cows uh, which is quite a bit for this part of the country. And 
um, it, it's really been something that has kind of shaped my worldview and, you know, something I'm raising four boys on it right now. So it's, it's something that I want to make sure is ready to pass on to the fourth generation too. So it's something that's very, we take a lot of pride in, in our family. And then the third perspective, and I think it's probably the most important is I myself have suffered from anxiety, depression over uh, the last probably 10 or so years, probably ever since I graduated college. And it's just been something that for a while really affected me, really took me down. And I have been able to help myself uh, get better, get on top of things and still improving myself. And I wanted to show that no matter how down you get that you can always bring yourself back up. And I wanted to serve the ag community from those three different perspectives, because I feel like it's a very unique, but needed perspective. It absolutely is. And, um, you know, listeners, you'll know that Jason is basically speaking our language here. We're, we're so glad to have you on and glad that somebody else out there um, understands the the drive and the need to talk about these kinds of topics. Um, so obviously elections are coming up. We're, we're headed straight towards November 3rd. Um, you know, like a freight train barreling down the tracks is what it feels like. Can you talk to us about the collective state of mind for agriculture as you see it um, pertaining to the elections coming up? Good, bad, probably not indifferent. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't, at this point, it's like, there's no way to be indifferent anymore. Um, there's there it's, these are some of the most polarizing. I won't say it's the most polarizing time in the history of the country, because if you look back, there's lots of polarizing elections. Um, but it's definitely the most polarized time of my lifetime. Um, I'm 36 and I don't remember a time where we were so divided and probably because it hasn't probably happened since the 60s. And so, yeah, and as far as how that is affected agriculture, now, I'm not an ag policy guru. I hardly pay attention, to, if I'm going to be honest with you guys. But I do pay attention to attitudes, and I do pay attention to the general um, kind of uh, attitude or whatever, however I'm – missing the word that I'm trying to search for here, but um, there's this like this discourse between people, not, you know, everybody, but also within agriculture. And um, it's, it's kind of, it, it's a little bit, uh, I guess, disheartening sometimes because during elections, we, there's, if you go and talk to someone on the street or somewhere, you see them at the store or see them, you can be, of greatest of friends, right? But now once you add politics into that mix and, and especially in such a time as now, um, you've been conditioned to become an enemy, to become, to kind of go into your tribal corners. And, um, you know, that obviously is not helpful to an already kind of suffering society. I think that that's something I've been struggling with um, and balancing my day-to-day life because I want I want to have these conversations to figure out who who I want to vote for in whatever election it is but I don't want to back into a corner and get get in a fight and everybody's kind of gets defensive the minute you bring up any kind of politics any kind of thing and the attitudes and you you add social media you add 
you know, in Colorado, we've got fires. I had a big, right. big accident just down the road. You know, you just start adding all these life situations on top of this polarizing thing. And it just, I feel like we're ready to explode in some kind of, in some kind of manner right now. And it's, it's driving me crazy, <laughs> but I don't, how do we balance that? Or how do we be advocates it, for this conversation rather than starting to back ourselves into the corner, getting our fists up and getting defensive? Cause I just want to start fighting. You know, I, I want to guard myself and then I want to start throwing jabs and stuff, but that's, that's me putting a shield up. It's, it's an, that's a, it's an interesting thing because it is important for us to be involved politically and we all have our own views, but I think what we need to, it, what you need to try and do as much as possible is, is start with the common ground. Start with the things that we know we agree on, right? And then build on that. And um, I, I know, I know of. <laughs> it's sad to say I don't know as many people who disagree with me politically as I used to, and I think that's kind of sad. Um, but I, I, I try to, I try to be open-minded and try to. Uh, I, I generally lean conservative, as most people within agriculture do. I think and. Um, but it's, it's, it's damaging to not have that, that, you know, civil discourse, but trying to, trying to find someone who we, we agree on something, right? I think we can all pretty much agree on something, right? Um, whether, no matter how broad that may be, um, and then just work on it from there, try to bring it and have real conversations. And I think we can, I think we can find out that we agree on a whole lot more than we disagree on, or at least the most of us. How, how do you think we can keep perspective on that leading up to the elections and maybe more importantly, after the elections, um, you know, keeping that perspective, finding, finding common ground with people, especially when all of the noise out there, social media, the regular media, 24 hour news channels, blah, blah, blah. Um, are doing their darndest to make sure that we stay divided. You know, their sensation sells for them and, and bad news sells and that drives clicks and likes and all that good stuff. And, you know, it's not very good for the collective health of, of our society, but yeah, leading up and after the elections, how can we, how can we keep that kind of a mindset or try to try to maintain it in your mind? My, my always way I always do is I just don't, I just don't watch the news. <laughs> I mean, that's like, the, I mean, that's, that's hard to do. I know, but that's, that's basically how I uh, kind of keep a cool head and even head is, um, you know, because they're all, everything is so, uh, so sided on one way or the other. And um, it, it's hard to not be uh, persuaded in one direction or another, but um, trying to trying to keep that mindset and trying to it, when you have a thought and um, it'll get maybe just a little bit deep here and when you have a thought a friend of mine she has a podcast and she talks about treating your thoughts like clothes and like you're trying on clothes at the store and when you when you have a thought that feels good you keep that thought right just like you would like a, like, a, like a nice shirt or a pair of jeans. But if it doesn't feel exactly right, if it's too tight, too loose, you know, you just do away with that thought. 
And I think that's a really, and again, when it's such a polarized world out there, it's hard to like, when people are driving one side of the agenda or another, it's hard to keep that straight, but we have to take personal responsibility for our own thoughts and our own actions and make sure that what, what we're doing fits our, what we're thinking and saying fits our own narrative, fits our own life and fits our own values and not, not care so much what everybody else thinks about you and what about you think, uh, thinks about your views. Boom. I think we could just end it right there. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's some of the best, best advice. I mean, that's great advice, but it's like getting people to listen. (laughs) Well, you know, um, hopefully, hopefully people will listen to it from here and, and share it along and, and, you know, that sort of thing. And hopefully the message will get out. But I think that's just such a wonderful way and such a freeing way of looking at something and, and, uh, you know, a totally honest way of looking at it too. And that's finding those three things um, on a perspective, I think are pretty difficult these days, but I, I love that. Um, well, and sometimes <laughs> it almost sounds too easy. Because there's times too, you know, like we get so tunnel visioned and in our day to day that we forget, like, it really doesn't matter what my neighbor thinks. It matters that I'm following my values and I'm staying true to myself. But sometimes you have to do a gut check and be like, is this actually true for me? Or am I just falling into performance or am I falling into those things? And it, I like, it's, perfectly said, but how do we actually take action to, to check in with ourselves to make sure we're abiding by that advice? It's a good question. I think it's a, like a million dollar question, right? Like how do, you know, all these things are great and they're great to get, uh, you know, they're great talking points and they're great words of advice, but how do I actually employ that in my life? And, um, and I think it's just like you said, when she, we actually just recorded the podcast last week. Um, with my friend Megan Tierlink and uh, it comes out this Monday actually I haven't I haven't released it yet and uh, it's called the it's with her and I had a podcast together but her podcast is called Getting Mindful with Megan and we talked about this we talked about these thoughts and how you treat them like how you treat them like the clothes and like that was like a really powerful way for me to see it and to understand how how we can make sure we're we're thinking good thoughts because we have this subconscious dialogue with ourselves no matter what whether we're paying attention to it or not it's going on so we best it's best in our best interest for us to pay attention to it so when we are able to evaluate our thoughts and kind of slow down our thinking in real time, um, it, it makes our decision-making process, it makes us able to have cleaner thoughts a whole lot easier. Tell us some more about that. I'm curious. I, I mean, with practice, with practice of slowing down your thoughts, it, it comes easier. Is that what you're saying? Tell us more about that. Are you the the process of slowing down your thoughts in real time. How do you do that? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question. Um, or maybe walk It's going to be different, but it looks I think. Like and again, I'm not an expert on it. For me, sure. Um, well, I'm going to tell you, I, I myself, to help myself get a lot better, I have, I've been able to, like you say, slow down that thought process and um, be very intentional with what I do 
in all parts of my life. And when you're able to, so I have like this set routine, right? And how I have been able to uh, stack all these things to make myself better. And I have, I have this routine and I, I, I should make a name for it or something like that um, because it would be much easier for me to explain. But I have some really integral parts of my life that have kind of led me to become this version of myself. And it's, it's exercise, it's meditation, and it's journaling and prayer. All those things mixed together, those are how I have been able to really get, and this is going, this gets, I, I can get really deep in this and I don't want to lose anybody because if I would have, if I would have been listening to myself a year and a half ago, I would have said, well, this guy's crazy. Right. Um, but, but being able to like be really intentional and able to kind of get in touch with your subconscious and understand the, the, the thoughts that you didn't know you were actually having uh, some time ago and, and really paying attention to, to what's going on inside. And I mean, it's, it's, it's an, it's, I'm not a great person to explain how it works or why it works, but I do know putting all those things in practice to, for me has, has made me have much clearer thoughts and slow down my thinking and be a little bit more reasonable, not a little bit, a lot more reasonable with, with interactions. I have to say, I really appreciate that because, you know, so often it's a quick fix here, or just do this one thing for one minute a day and all of a sudden everything's going to be better. And I think, you know, uh, we serve, we serve our audiences and the people around us much, much better by telling them the truth and, you know, exercise, meditation, journaling, prayer. Those are um, tools that Valine and I use in our lives too, to, to kind of ground us, I guess, is, is how I, is how I think about it. And, you know, they're not necessarily easy to put into practice or easy to um, make habits, but they really do work. And I think, you know, in this day and age of instant gratification and, and quick fixes and all that, I think I, I, I love hearing that from, from another corner of the world. Reminded that like what Sorry. I need to do when like a day like today when every, you know, every emotion that could have went through my body and my mind and my brain happened. And I, you know, and like just reminding myself to go for a run, go pray, go take a deep breath, turn the phone off and just spend a few minutes by myself trying to process, try to burn some of that energy. And then we can start over or we can take a step back and take new perspectives. So it's, I think it's, I really appreciate you bringing those, those tips and tools to, and continuing to remind us to do that. Cause I am not very good at consistently doing it, but when I do it, I'm so much happier and I'm such, I'm in a better place of mind um, to tackle whatever the day might or the week or month might throw at me. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I, I totally agree with, with what the, all you're saying. And one other thing I'm going to add to that, and this is something I just recently started is I started putting my own limits on social media and on, on being on my phone altogether. And 
I, I, I've started to where I schedule my social media time because I think it's important when you have a podcast, when you um, are trying to get your word out over social media, it's important to be on it and it's important to engage with people. But at the same time, it can also take over your life mm-hmm. if, you, if you let it and if you're not intentional. So what I do is I have three time, set times a day where I am going to be on social media and I'll be on there for 20 to 30 minutes and then I just put it away. I even, I've gotten to where I just, I set a timer on my watch and two hours or how many hour hours it's going to be. I'm not even going to look at it. And wow, how that has provided me so much more clarity. Um, just in these last couple of days when I've really been really intentional about doing that, man, it's really made a difference. I think that's, just another great tool to have. I, it's funny that you say that you've just done that the last couple of days I have as well. Um, I've been working from home for the last couple of weeks and, and uh, you know, that time was really getting, getting in my way. And so I, I set timers for myself too. And it's amazing. Um, it's almost like rediscovering life, <laughs> you know, without the electronic leash. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Jason, one other question I have for you is, do you see, a difference between the agricultural community as far as these topics we're having and the greater general public. In regards to mental health? To mental health and social media and the upcoming elections kind of all in general. Yeah, I mean, I, so I think that yes and no. I, I, I see that we're really starting to, to, have more general discourse um, about mental health, about being intentional with social media. Um, but at the same time, we are, we also are our own worst enemies when it comes to this stuff too, because, and I don't know if you girls are on Twitter or not, but I am. And tw- Twitter is one of the worst. It's one of the best places, but it's also one of the worst places because everything can, you can say can be misinterpreted, right? And it can all, you, you can say something and mean, have totally good intentions and somebody's going to read it the wrong way. And then we, uh, you know, we're kind of back at where we started. And it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing because that, that, that cat's out of the bag already as far as, uh, as far as having social media, having Twitter, having all those things. Um, so in regards to whether we are, where we're at in society with these things, um, we're, we're doing better. We're catching up and we're starting to learn that being in agriculture is, even though it's unique, we are still a part of society. And I think that's something that we really need to remember because when we start talking and we start isolating ourselves and start talking like these things are only agriculture problems, then we kind of lose some support from people from the outside. And like it or not, we need that support from the outside because, um, that's how this industry runs, right? We run on consumers mm-hmm. and we run on people outside of the, if there is nobody to buy that product and then we don't have an industry, right? So um, we have to, we, it, it's, it's a very fine line and it's kind of a slippery slope. So we have to, when we talk about these things, you know, we have to understand that yes, some of the problems are unique, but we are, we're no different 
um, as far as importance as any, as someone outside of the industry. Thank you for, for bringing a lot of that to light or putting it into words. Cause I think we do tend to in the agriculture industry sometimes seem to segregate ourselves because we live in rural areas. We live outside of metropolitan areas and we, and we feel like we're in this alone and nobody kind of understands our lifestyle. And so just reassuring that these problems or these thoughts are not necessarily just unique to me or my operation. There's, there's society and consumers and everybody out there to support, but also for us to engage with as well. And so I think that's really reassuring to me and to be reminded to, to push outside my bubble and encourage people to get off the farms sometimes to, to engage in and bridge that gap with people that are, you know, not in agriculture. Right. Yeah, no, that's super important. It's super important to get out there and uh, like you say, get, get out of our bubbles and help people understand that we're, we're just as normal as they are. We, you know, we have families, we have lives that are, that, you know, our kids go to school. We serve on PTAs uh, in the school board. Um, like we were talking tonight, we were at a base, we were at a softball game for another uh, for some friends of ours, uh, you know, so we're, we live a, even though our lifestyle may be unique, we still participate in life just the same way as, as people outside of, of the, uh, ag industry. I think that's such an important, um, idea, you know, to, to talk about within ag among ourselves, um, because, because it is really easy to isolate ourselves and, you know, get the oh poor me's and think that uh, nobody else understands and and the rest of the world doesn't understand because we're only 2% of the population and, you know, blah, 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 and really, really get ourselves down and, and into kind of a rut there. Um, and, and speaking of talking within agriculture ourselves, um, yeah, I'm wondering how, how do we keep the conversation around, around mental health, um, I guess, how, how do we keep it current? How do we keep it, you know, at the top of mind? Um, because it's, it's all too easy to let it become, um, you know, just a buzzword or something that gets talked about at seminars or conferences and sort of gets stale, you know, and, and people get tired of hearing about it. But I mean, we know certainly, um, we all have personal experience with it, that it's a very urgent and critical matter and needs to be talked about, you know, it needs to be part of the conversation all the time. It needs to be pretty routine. How do we keep that? Um, how do we convey that urgency in agriculture among ourselves and, and, you know, really, really make sure that people know it's important? That's a great question. And we want to, we don't want that to happen, right? We don't want it to become something where that people like hear and then they're just kind of roll their eyes at because we talk about it so much. So um, we ha I think in when you guys sent me to prepare for this for this uh, conversation, that was the that was the question that stuck out the most to me. And it's probably because it's the one I, I'm concerned about the most. And to me, it's getting every single person that wants to a platform to tell their own individual story because no one story is different than another or is the same as another. Uh, we, we all 
we, I, I, I believe that we all struggle at, at, at some point. We all, and I think that's one of the things I've learned throughout this podcast, uh, podcast of mine, is that everyone has mental health. It's not something that uh, when we, because I think when we really talk about mental health, when we first started talking about it, or when I first started talking about it, I would think of someone with mental illness. Mm -hmm. That's the first place that I went to. But now I'm starting to see that we all, it's something we all have to pay attention to. We all have, we all have to have, make sure that we are taking care of ourselves. We are giving ourselves enough grace. We are not being too hard on ourselves. And because that's, because the thing about the, the thing and the problem about mental health is that you can't, you can't measure it. There's not a blood pressure test for <laughs> mental health. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. not something that the doctor can just like, look, there's no objectiveness to it is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, that can be kind of hard to, to really um, grasp and, and, and get a hold of. But what we have to do here is we have to make it so that if someone wants to tell their story, they have just unlimited access to be able to do that, unlimited platform to be able to do that and not feel ashamed or uh, scared to tell that story because we need people, we just need that, all those fresh stories of, and, and, and not always talking about the problem too, talking, you know, addressing the problem, but coming with solutions too. And that's really important. And that's what I've found to be really valuable in the work I'm trying to do is offering solutions and trying, you know, even if I don't have great solutions at the time, um, trying to talk through it and see where we can get with the information that we have. And uh, I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be the, the way we keep it fresh, right? I tell, telling our story, our vulnerable stories and giving people permission and accessibility to share those is what's going to allow us all to connect with one another and realize we're all our, our stories are all valuable on whatever level you may feel they're at um but they're also relatable and other people are are struggling and it's okay to to reach for help to find that friend find your therapist find your psychologist psychiatrist and go through those channels because to some extent you're you're 100 right when everybody struggles on a day-to-day basis i believe with with mental health whether they realize it or not we're stuck with our own brains and our own thoughts (laughs) and they're not going away anytime soon so we need to know how to how to balance that so that's we really, really appreciate all the work you're doing of getting getting that message out and continuing to talk with people and continuing to have these hard conversations that just get lip service sometimes. And, oh, here's, here's a suicide hotline if you need it, and then walking away. And those numbers are important, but we need to be there to, to help them through that process as well. So we want to thank you for coming on and where can listeners find you get more of your information, listen to your podcast, that sort of thing. Sure. Well, like we said, my, my podcast is ag state of mind and you can find me throughout social media. Um, 
most of the places I stay active are, I like Twitter and Instagram the best. I am on Facebook too. Uh, I, I don't, I don't focus on it as much. Um, but as far as finding the podcast itself, I'm across all platforms, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple podcasts. Um, and then I also, there's a website that I have. I have two, actually there's two different websites. I, uh, I direct folks to, um, first website is the global ag network. That's where I actually host my podcast, um, global ag network slash ag state of mind with Jason Meadows. And then also I have a personal, uh, a blog website, ag state of mind.com. That's where I'll find, you'll find my, a lot of my show notes. And I try, I used to write a lot more, write a lot more blogs. Um, that's something that has kind of gone by the wayside this summer and fall. It's just been incredibly busy, but I hope um, to, to take that and be more intentional with that, uh, creating more content there this, this coming winter. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure to tag you um, when we air this and also we listeners, you can check out our show notes and we'll link all of Jason's um, websites and his podcast as well. And thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Millennial Ag Podcast. You can email us at talk to us at millennialag.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next week, we're Millennial Ag. Mm-hmm.